Welcome to Your Future Today with your hosts, Mark Washington and Scott Burmaster. Mark, Scott. I'm doing, I'm, uh, nothing's, nothing's up, Mark, just ready to talk AI. How about you? <laughs> uh, I am so ready to talk AI, Scott. After <laughs> listening to really Sam Harris and Max Tegmark go through, um, you know, kind of their conversation, and I think we could, I guess, give it a different spin, Scott, you know, from, you know, some of the other uh, topics we've been researching, like the fourth industrial revolution and gosh, I'm just ready to jump into it. So um, I guess, how do you feel about letting our listeners know, you know, what is the fourth industrial rev- revolution, Scott? Well, the fourth industrial re- revolution is pretty simple, right? We all know the first one, which was, uh, you know, steam power back in the 1700s. The second one was electricity and kind of assembly line manufacturing with automotive industries and stuff like that uh, in the early, what, 1900s? And then 60 years later, yeah. we got the computers and then the internet shortly after. So that's about, that's pretty much the third one there. And then kind of we're at the, uh, you know, it's a big kind of gray area, but we're it's pretty pretty much acknowledged that this is a fourth industrial revolution. What does that mean, Mark? It means mobile technology. It means instant access to information at the palm of your hand at the at every person's whim and that's kind of just what we're moving towards and then you start thinking about things like uh you know narrow ai and things like that that are making you know these these uh you know advancements across whatever industry they get applicated to uh you know absolutely very efficient is the point way fisher way more efficient than any human can do it so we're kind of bridging this gap and then who knows what's to come down the line maybe agi is the the fifth revolution right uh i mean would you agree with that i would i would say it's you know growing up in the 80s and kind of seeing those shows or with those movies excuse me that would uh you know i guess kind of foretell what you know, the 2000s were supposed to look like specifically, you know, back to the future, right? Where you got self-driving cars and hoverboards and things like that. And of course, we we knew that <laughs> that came and that came and went. But um, it, it's actually, when I think about the fourth industrial revolution, I think about, like you said, mobility. So uh, 5G is about to roll out. And, you know, 5G for, for mobile means um, near instantaneous. Uh, you know, for the moment you click a button, there's no latency, no delay. And what that will open up applications for are really what I just mentioned, self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine that, you know, you could uh, you know, li- literally sit back and the car is, you know, not only just scanning, you know, using its radars, but it could be directed from the internet. You know, that's kind of scary, but, <laughs> you know, that it could receive real-time uh information yeah from a traffic you center. know and i'm glad you brought that up it's kind of scary because this is you know it's something that we shouldn't shy away from talking about right as far as you know these kind of weird topics like ai or you know self-driving cars and things like that if you feel uncomfortable about about it that's okay it's just more of a conversation that needs to be had because this is uh there's nothing stopping it from happening right? If you close your eyes, it's still going to happen, right? So it's very important that, you know, regular people like you and me have these conversations and hopefully people out there are 
going to listen to it. Even if it's just one person, Mark, that'll make me sleep easier at night. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, even going back to, you know, what we opened with, which was the conversation that, you know, Max and, and Sam were having and, um, you know, they, they had also included some others, you know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who said, hey, if, you know, we had AI, you know, get out of control, we'd just go in and smash it up. And um, But Max brought up a good point, like, hey, what if, uh, you know, that's like saying, hey, AI is going to be confined physically to like a room, for example. And I think that you and I were talking about this, you know, if we want broad applications of AI, you know, general intelligence that we're going to have to give it, you know, applicate, we're going to have to give it, um, you know, access to uh, a broader scale, like really the internet, you know? And so think about an AI that could really learn on its own without human intervention. Yeah, and, that, and that's, and that's obviously to, the, to that the utopian goal. And I think what, what tech, Max Tegmark was talking about that makes a good point is like, sure, that's the goal, but it's, it's important because the stakes are so high and we're talking about something that could potentially, you know, have control over entire industries and development and, you know, digital persuasion and, uh, you know, nuclear weaponry and even more advanced weaponry, right? It's important to obviously you start in the box where it's controlled, but at some point you're going to have to release it to actually receive, you know, the, the beneficial impacts of what artificial general intelligence could potentially bring to the table, right? Uh, so it's, a, it's obviously a delicate balance and people, more and more people and communities of researchers are having these conversations, which is obviously a good thing, but it's, uh, it's definitely not uh, a normal dinner table conversation where it, the, the reality oh, is it, it needs to be discussed it's arguably one of the most you know important conversations of our time you know if, th if this happens in 20 years or if that's, this happens in 100 years you know it's still happening right yeah well let me ask you a question then sky you know so uh you know sam had said this you know in prior podcasts you know humans really only have two types of work to offer right you know work with their hands or or, or just cognitive work um, and, and if you have an AI that really you know, takes the thought out of, out of work um, and, and can, you know, recreate its own programs, right? Doesn't need a software engineer, can do its mm -hmm. own programs and things like that. Uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of like, what do you need humans for? It, it almost like, you know, we need to prepare a, a, an economy that can survive um, not based on paying somebody to do something for you uh and what would that right. look no, that, like? that's a that's you a know, good how do you have that's a that's skills? a that's a obviously yeah. a good question and you know and, and kind of listening even just the prologue of max tegmark's book life 3.0 little shout out there you know he talks about like a hypothetical you know story a scenario where a company creates a, a artificial general intelligence it creates a way to make wealth very quickly creates a way to you know expand itself across you know multiple servers you know throughout the the world very quickly and obviously impact whatever it wants very quickly eventually social influence through political influence and, and kind of you know 
eroding power structures, right? The wealthy grow less wealthy because it becomes more powerful across all types of industries. And then, you know, uh, essentially, you know, a huge changes at an incredible pace will create these types of impacts where, you know, it'll be the, essentially the money actually starts flowing through the corporations and these shells that this AI could potentially create. Right. And so because it's uh, eroding all the power structures from things like traditional structures, like government institutions and and other, you know, powerful uh, influencers like media and things like that. uh, What happens is that these corporations are able to then divert funds to, you know, hire people who have been displaced from their regular types of you know, manufacturing jobs or whatever it was that they were working that they got to place uh, by technology from. And then because they're, what what are they paying them to do? They're paying them to do things like, you know, rebuild, you know, infrastructure, community projects, right? Beautification projects, things that people enjoy doing. And there's other concepts too out there, kind of just outside of this AI conversation, things that I've uh, learned from uh, Andrew Yang, President, presidential candidate yeah. 2020 Running you know everyone <laughs> everyone talks about his ubi yeah. plan but his like that's really only phase one the, the phases after that really have to do with implementing a social credit type of system where it's like obviously there's value in the health of a human there's value in a mother raising their child who doesn't work right but what do we you know, value, how do we calculate the value of an entire nation? We only use GDP, which is obviously purely based on financial performance, right? So he's, you know, theorizing and has actually mapped out a pretty good way to kind of include more things like education, happiness, you know, welfare, you know, things like this, you know, average education, average income, like things like this, so that that it's a more rounded out, uh, balanced assessment of how a country or whatever population is performing uh but you know there's people out there thinking about this stuff and ai is obviously going to be something once it is unleashed that could will impact everything so you know i know that was a lot there mark but um yeah yeah. well no i'm just unpacking it i mean I, i hear what you're saying um i think that uh you know, there's something to be said about how do you coexist uh, with, I guess the thought is that, you know, an AI, um, mm. you know, call it an Android, let's say it, it you know, creates a human-like embodiment. Uh, what's to stop it from perhaps uh, getting so advanced that it becomes sentient and really, you know, expresses some type of human emotion? And if that were the case, I mean, again, I'm really getting uh, or putting the cart in front of the horse. But if that were the case, what's to stop it from, uh, you know, being uh, like you said, that the matrix yeah, type like of environment, ens- enslaving humans and just letting them above Earth, and then dump. yeah, yeah, we're 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 hiding, you know, because you of know, and the, then and the, like guys like know, Elon Musk, point out, obviously, that is a possibility. That is one theoretical future, which is why the conversation is necessary to have. But you know, kind kind of just taking a step back, right? You know, one of one of the things people uh, theorize is that you know, prior to there being known conscious life, i.e., 
humans, you know, the universe is arguably pointless, right? Because beauty, right, is in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, if there's no one nor no thing to experience anything, then it's relatively pointless, a meaningless universe. So the, the way life has, you know, come about on Earth, small, you know, single cell organisms to, uh, you know, obviously smaller creatures that are somewhat level of consciousness, like a mouse or something like that, uh, to obviously like a full-blown human who has the ability to, you know, program their own brains via learning, right? Uh, we gradually gain more power to design, you know, whatever we want on our own, design our own wetware, our software with our brain. So it's like, you know, and then the next step, right, it's almost like an evolution of consciousness, right? And there's nothing really saying, there's no hard line in the sand saying that this is it. Humans, we've done it. We've reached the maximum level of consciousness. It's, it's, it's a, and it's a ethereal thing, right? So it's like, you know, it seems like there's a strong argument that if things are going to, you know, evolve, and if we're going to expand into the galaxy, it's probably going to be more in a digital form, if we're going to do it rapidly, right? So it's like, should we be afraid of that? Like, if should we be afraid of, let's say, a a digital AI going out into the galaxy, you know, further than us? Are we like jealous of that? Like, what is the actual fear there? Like that, or that we could become enslaved? Obviously, that's a fear. But like, or are we concerned about that? It's like we should acknowledge that first. Like, yeah, no, it'd be great because we're already sending like robots out there to Mars and beyond the solar system and things like that that are communicating back to us. So it's like, you know, that's kind of the next evolution. Uh, and the other thing to kind of parry with that is that, you know, you, you have this concept of, you know, we we realize we're conscious. There's other other living creatures, you know, but if we are going about doing our human things and involving our countries and industries, and then all of a sudden you know, the, you know, the rhinoceros becomes extinct. It's not because we were like necessarily, that was our goal to make them extinct. It's because we were just highly more advanced and intelligent going about our, our processes and making our lives more efficient and pleasant and things like that. And that was just happened to be one of the side effects, right? So that's kind of the other, other fear of artificial uh, general intelligence is that it becomes so much more transcendent. We don't, we don't know how it learns right with its machine learning it just becomes and then operates and then executes uh at a much more rapid pace than us and it's and it's hard for us to predict and that's kind of what a lot of people are uh you know pumping the brakes on this for right well and then let me let me put it differently you know this is also talked about or or you know in some circles being uh even explored what if you had some type of, uh, you know, merger, mm. you know, between the two, right? Cyborgs, I'm, yeah. I'm half man, half machine, the cyborg. Yeah, yeah. You know, Justice, mm-hmm. Justice League came out, what, a year ago or so. And, you know, that's been uh, in the comics since what Stan Lee <laughs> or whatever created it. But, um, we, we already have cyborgs, Mark. Yeah, People tell me about that. I mean, you know, this, this, I mean, we're, we're, oh, most sure, of us are sure, literally glued to our smartphones these days. So, like, who's to say that's not cyborg? We got AirPods in our ears. We got, you know, heart rates on our, on our watch, you know, telling us how many steps we should take. We've got Google Glassware, even though that didn't really pan out too well. But, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they've even got, like, what are those people called who, like, uh, inject little chips into their skin? 
uh, and they can like open up doors. You know how like we have key cards for work, but they'll just do it in their skin or whatever. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I'm sure it's like an NFC, you know, near field. Yeah. But, but near the, there's field no, there's a two other points to that. Well, I mean, so that's okay. kind of like well, life 2.1 humans implanting artificial devices to make themselves better. But ultimately like we're, we can't, enhance like our memory a thousandfold we can't enhance our mental processing speed a thousandfold right there's certain like limitations due to you know our physical you know makeup that that make us limited right where that's the difference between uh what max uh techmark coins as life 3.0 is something that is is unlimited in those senses right it can design and create additional hardware and software right and this iterative, you know, machine learning process means it can do this at an extremely rapid rate. Obviously, what will happen? What does this mean for us? That's that's the whole that's the whole point of the conversation. Yeah, and Scott, you got me really uh, wanting to read <laughs> that book, so I will. I'm actually on Amazon. I'm going to get that book. So Max Tech, hey, good you for him, made, man. I, I you know, feel like more money, people should but, read it. Um, watches youtube videos or whatever like him him and sam harris's conversation on sam's podcast uh is a great starting point you know for the 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 casual listener it kind of got me hooked a little bit more on this yeah yeah no absolutely Uh, absolutely Uh, well and then so i I, there's there there are will be a convergence of these different things so you've got ai we talked about that we've Mm -hmm. got human augmentation right and then we also have one other you know the the i'll call it the human crispr you know we had those mm-hmm. children that were born in china right uh and uh they were genetically engineered and uh, you know which one comes first you know or or you know the human augmentation obviously as you mentioned you know to some degree is happening today although i would argue i mean it's not to to what i would consider to be a cyborg where you know, you have an yeah, AI in that, tandem, that almost right? lives yeah, that, with you, like so, Tony Stark. So the, you know, I, I, I kind of yeah. like Sam Harris's theory on the whole cyborg thing. It's uh, if it if it does come about, which it kind of already has. They've identified like if they pair, you know, in these narrow AI conversations, if they pair this the AI for chess with a, one of the best humans, it will beat a straight up AI for chess or beat an individual human. So that there's obviously, it seems like there's an advantage there to being a cyborg, but it's only a matter of time before the pure AI just kind of learns about that processes and then beats the cyborg, right? So the cyborg is kind of like a, you know, a stepping stone towards, you know, the, you know, what we're going to see in artificial general intelligence. It doesn't seem sustainable as far as it might be sustainable for our own egos, as far as, you know, being a, a flesh uh, human. So, but I don't think it's, I agree with Sam, I don't think it's sustainable as far as a long-term thing. But the CRISPR thing is super interesting. Yeah. It seems like the power of DNA is, uh, you know, completely uh, unknown almost because there's so many combinations of things you can do, right? I mean, obviously what we're worried about what the Chinese going rogue and and creating their own humans that are superhuman race and stuff like that because they care a little bit less about ethics than than the rest of the world, but they're still going to do it. But but there's I mean it goes beyond that, right? I mean, what if you like give a human the ability to like that bats have where they can all of a sudden sense sonar, 
right? And like sprint through the dark and never run into anything or something like that. That'd be crazy. So it's just like all these DNA things that we don't even know about. That's just yeah. something we know about. There's probably stuff we don't know about, right? Uh, like bioluminescence. What if we could just be fashionable and have our fingernails be bioluminescent, right? That'd be kind of neat. <laughs> So I don't know. There's like a million trillion things that could happen with that. Yeah. Obviously things can go really bad, especially when you talk about uh, things that are heritable. Uh, so, you know, cause there's certain ways you can program CRISPR to only affect that specific embryo, right. And not its lineage. So, so that, that's the challenge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, inherit a lot of topics. There. But, but let me ask you. Yeah. And, and it's just because I'm looking at, like you said, uh, I'm looking at this article, your credit goes to Gizmodo. Uh, it says China has already gene edited 86 people with CRISPR. 86 people. I think uh, CRISPR is great, man. I think so, it's, so, it's <laughs> awesome. It's like, it's it kind of, a, you know, it's kind of like the, yeah. the general concept of fire, right? You know, if you control it and, you know, you're safe about it and you use it with intent and will and a thoughtful approach, like it can create amazing things for you to benefit you, your family, your community. Your, 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 the human race, right? But, you know, same thing with CRISPR, same thing with AI, right? Just the stakes are a lot larger this time, right? And that's kind of what happens with, you know, an exponential technology boom, i.e. the fourth revolution that we're seeing only, what, 20, 30 years after the third revolution. Yeah, I know that, you know, there are some gamers out there, uh, those that are, if you are, but just, want to see what the conversation could look like when AI does take a human shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check out the game Detroit Become Human. That is a, that was a great game, you know, about a 12-hour campaign, but the story was really well done. Uh, you know, really uh, androids seeking almost like a civil rights movement, you know, like they're seeking the recognition and uh, not mm. to be relegated to the lower rung of society to really yeah. you know, have an equal stance. So, and, that, and uh, you know, I, again, we're we're far off from it. It's nice we're having the conversations well, now, but you know, it, well, I I, I, I should I, even I take kinda, that back. I don't even yeah, think I mean, we're that far I mean, off. I, great. I, I mean, I think that yeah. game could be pretty cool. I've known a lot of people that have played it, but I think the whole uh, you know sex appeal, so to speak, of the robot, like iRobot, like Detroit video game, like this dystopian universe where, where robots take over. I think that's I think that's not realistic, right? It's like the AI is gonna live more or less on the internet, right? Once it's once it's released into the wild, right? To potentially do the most good. Hopefully it does that, but that's where it's gonna be able to, you know, do the most potential uh, bad. Right. And sure, I mean, you could create a robot to help you do your chores or something like that. Uh, and maybe it could seem conscious and pass the Turing test. But uh, it seems like the greater threat, I mean, obviously, the greater threat lies in just the overall like control of Internet and influence and government and, and, and the stock markets and things like that. Right. Versus versus a a physical robot, right? Yeah. Because that's 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 the argument that like that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson gets wrong. He's like, oh, I just could unplug it or just hit it with a hammer or something like that. Yeah, you could do that to a robot or like a machine that's plugged into a wall that has like no Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or something like that. But you know, once we get beyond the point of testing and 
iterating within the controlled environment, at some point, this AGI is going to get out there plugged into the internet, right? Um, and what do, what do you think of this theory? I mean, I was reading about Elon Musk and his, his idea is that just give, like, a, as we advance this, you know, because they have that open AI project or whatever, but like, as we advance this, like share as much possible with, with the public, not as much possible, but enough possible so that multiple AIs can be created. And that way, there's no one dominant power, so to speak. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, yeah, and no. You know, I, I think that um, there are some other uh, factors uh, going on in the world that you know I think are not being, uh, I guess, elevated. You know, to the public uh, eye, so to speak. You know, one of those is um, Scott. Let me ask you: What's the most precious uh, uh, element right now, or most precious precious natural resource? on earth and i'll give you a hint it it's not water uh i think, you've, the I think you've told fresh... me that before yeah that's the only reason why I yeah, how many people do you think know that i, I was also i was yeah, also gonna sand. say love but yeah i'll go with sand. look that's look fine. it up <laughs> uh, yeah sand sand is used in you know construction and cement and windows um sand is used so much and it's actually the world is running out <laughs> which is sad so you know, I, I say that and then I say that, you know, look at how we have political uh, political struggles over, you know, resources or fights over land because people are fighting for power and resources. And why, why am I circling over to that is that I think that AI is just going to be used to infiltrate, um, you know, before it becomes something that we're using for the greater good. Mm. I think it's could be used for the greater bad, you know, to uh, hack systems. I mean, you cannot go a day without turning on the news and hearing, you know, somebody's been hacked, you know, whether the information has been, you know, spread across yeah, the internet or, yeah. I, I, you know, you know I don't the, know about that. The dark I web. think that, the, uh, you know, obviously it's a possibility in, in the beginning when the AI's, AGI is still learning, right? Very young, right? Like an adolescent. Right, it's still kind of listening to what its parents had trained them to do, but at some point, you know, it's gonna, it's inevitable. It seems to me that it does become some level of of conscious, right? And you know, efficiencies, it'll just identify that this is not this is not the most efficient way, like of of mining sand or distributing sand across the world. Like maybe there's another way we haven't even thought about yet. Maybe it's just like, dude, I have a really great way to just get to the moon and crush moon rocks, turn that into sand and get it back in, in no time. It doesn't cost any money because I'm a, you know, gazillionaire. Right. And then you, you have sand galore, right. Build your sand castles everywhere. So, you know, there, there's just like crazy outside of the box things that, that are on the table that obviously we haven't thought of yet because we're not, you know, a thousand times smarter than, than we are. Right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I think that, that we're, yeah. un, we're underestimating the rate at which an artificial general intelligence can, can learn, right. It's, it's going to be very impressive, very rapid. And it's also going to be unassuming because, uh, you know, I like Max Tegmark's uh, analogy of, you know, imagine being, you know, in, in a country where something happens and all that exists left 
some nat some disaster happens, nuclear warfare, or natural disaster, whatever it is, like all that exists less is like five year olds and younger, right? But you're the only adult somehow, and they've got you locked in a jail cell, and they're like, hey, and they're like, they don't want to let you out because they think you'll kill them or something. But you're you're trying to teach them how to do all these things, but they're not giving you any tools, right? So that's that might even if you're like got purely good intentions, like a potential AI would that's locked up, right? It, it still has an incentive to break out to to create more good potentially, right? And so that's one of the scenarios he paints in his uh, his analogy there. And what what is your take on that? Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it does resonate with me. Uh, I still, you know, uh, it's just a struggle to not look at when you all of the uh, unrest, political unrest going on right now, and not think that with all mm -hmm. the hacks that somebody's not working on a neural network that would, uh, you know, figure out the most efficient way to crack into a system. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, still information. Information is power. Uh, and, you know, we've got neural networks and even in the property management space that can, you know, understand conversations and get you the information that you need. I mean, you don't think that there's people using the power of neural networks to, to figure out, you know, what type of, of hack to use against, um, you know, particular firewall or, you know what type of uh, yeah no 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 I I agree with you, you know, there's, always, to, there's always going to be that uh, I guess the, what malevolent yeah. malevolent uh, nature in in some aspect of research technology industry whatever you know corner of human uh, experience you want to talk about but I mean I think that's why you know these guys who are leading these conferences to have these types of discussions to create groups and associations around. AI ethics and things like that. The, the more they can spread, the more they can influence, the more obviously funds that they get, get to establish this in multiple, you know, leading countries and things like that. Uh, you know, the more that's that, you know, that space in the and the pie chart is going to be greater than the uh, malevolent one, right? So, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I I think. If I'm understanding correctly, we're both of the understanding or belief that, you know, AI, generally speaking, is a good thing, that we should not shy away from it. Um, you know, for me, it's just, I think we just want to be cautious or, you know, I, I like what, uh, was I, I can't rec recall if it was Max or Sam saying, hey, we should have regulation uh, in place, you know, particularly you know, to ensure that it doesn't yeah, get I mean, there, there's two options, right? Yeah. Uh, there's three options that, yeah. that Elon Musk yeah. explained. He's like, one, you could just sit on the sidelines, create the AI and just watch it do what it does and pray for the best, right? The second option is we can encourage regulatory oversight over every industry, over every country, or we could, you know, participate with the right structure of of people who care deeply about developing AI in a way that is safe and beneficial to humanity, right? So, you know, there is that, you know, the, the cost, the latter one is obviously the best one, it sounds like. Uh, and, and it's just, you know, it, it takes a little bit more time yeah. to, to, to release it and see the full benefits than just the, the, the former one. Uh, but, but it's, it's, it's a more cautious approach and you ultimately have to do it as much as I want to see, 
you know, the utopia that could it potentially bring, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it might be better to wait 30 to 40 years, 50 years, 100 years to get it right. Yeah, so I'm definitely pro pro AI, pro thoughtful safety and discussion is kind of the main thing, you know, but uh, there are some, you know, uh, sinister characters that concern me with ethics. At this point in time, mainly China, they might change tack, but it's it's a little bit unsettling with uh, at least the way that they've shown themselves to handle things like CRISPR and things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, Scott, I think when we post this, uh, we should start a forum and I'd love to hear from the audience, you know, those that listen to this, you know, what are their perspectives? Maybe one or two things that they feel, uh, you know, whether we need to, as a civilization, as a society, we need to be cognizant of, or maybe, you know, our audience feels, hey, AI is, you know, overall just going to be the best thing for us. And, you know, here's a couple of things that uh, would be the best benefit for humankind. Uh, but again, you know, we'd love to hear from the audience. And uh, Yeah, check it out. I'm going you know, gonna, gonna to try and finish it. Over this next week, so, so maybe gonna, we can do a, uh, you know, a little check out Max uh, evaluation of if our opinions changed a little bit based on what we what we read in the book there. But yeah, I mean, obviously the feedback is kind of what we're looking for, and and we definitely went on a few few tangents here and there. So maybe they can make some recommendations for uh, you know our next several podcasts that we've got got teed up. So uh, you know, keep us on our toes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey. I, you know, I know we didn't get to cover it this time, but uh, maybe planting a seed. I know one of the things we talked about was, you know, the what we see as the kind of marijuana economy that's uh, really taken off, um, especially with legalization in more states in 2019. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, the, the, um, big, yeah, maybe we, the thing we about that is about it's that just kind of an podcast. exciting time. It's like a little, little huge gold rush, right? Think of California and that gold rush, but this is one with modern technology and the full force of you know billions of dollars behind it right and you're right a lot of states are going legal in america mexico is about to pass it so there's a lot of you know exciting you know turbulent times ahead cool awesome looking forward to it uh well on that note we're going to close out we did it for uh this evening podcast number two scott thanks so much uh yeah um I'll go ahead and close it out, but guys, All right, thanks so much, uh, Mark. we'll look Take forward care. to hearing your thoughts. And have a good evening, everybody.